you want to buy a house? Show me the fucking house you want to buy. Like, give yeah. me a picture. You want to go on holiday? Give me the picture of the holiday. Let's put it on the fridge. Let's put the time. Let's put the amount that you need. And you're going to see it every single day. My whole face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. Hey, but it's a mentality. Like, I was a fuckboy and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like, I've got the breakfast in 12 more than there's no... But sometimes I put, like, an emoji next to it to kind of hint at what kind of sex oh it was. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> okay, but seriously... Okay, but seriously, this is potty number 16. It is. 16 whole podcasts. That's like, what, four months of my life? Well, it's four months of your life, but it's also like probably around 20 hours of us talking shit on a microphone. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge that for a moment? You poor souls and you're still here. It's nearly an entire day of my fucking life talking to you on a microphone. And you've loved every fucking minute of it. Oh, baby, you know it. <laughs> You fucking know I have. Um, we've got a guest for you guys today, but we just thought we'd jump in and intro because once again, our lives, things are worth talking about. Um, so we're going to bring some stuff up. Mm-hmm. Steph, would you like to talk, tell the world um, the particularly adventurous thing you've done, done this week? What thing? I have two things. Oh, what are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> I have multiple things that I've done this week that I'm pretty yeah. proud of. So I bought a motorbike. You did, correct? I did, I did. So, and I got the funds for the motorbike through the bank, which, like, look, I've I've officially taken out a loan for pointless shit. Yeah. But in fairness, I'm also getting my skydiving license. Yep. So, so more pointless shit. Yeah. More pointless. No, hey, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but it's very exciting. You know, I'm a big girl now. It is very Some exciting. Say I'm using my big girl voice. <laughs> Don't use your big girl voice. Um, my big girl toys, you know what I mean? Steph was like, she was trying to decide. She was like, do I get a loan for the motorbike or do I get a loan for the, the skydiving license? I was like, you're getting a loan. Why don't you just like sort both out at once? And it was literally like I, I, it was like, I should deserve the Nobel Peace Prize for brilliant ideas. For my, like, my dark and my light, like, angel on the shoulder, that's the peace prize because you've settled my soul. I was I'm also like, like don't jump out of a plane. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I should just do both. Yeah. yeah I like, I was the little Mexican girl from the taco ad who was like, what kind of thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it in Mexican. I'm not even going to try. I'm very sorry, Mexican people. So that happened. Yeah. But back to the topic of us taking out a loan... Mm. Well, that's basically going to be the topic of today um, of this podcast. So we had our first ever guest that we don't know. Um, He's followed me on Instagram for a little bit and I basically just slid into those DMs. I was like, yo, you look like you'd be kind of cool. And he was... He was incredible. He was pretty cool. Um, So we sat here for a while. Um, Very sorry, people. This is going to be a long one. You're in it for the long haul. It's a long one, but the man's got some good knowledge on... He does. And we even chatted to him for like maybe another hour afterwards as well just picking his brain and likewise with us because he also has a podcast of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was it was very productive and well, we learn a lot. I'm here now. I'm like, you know what, I don't need a financial planner because I'm 24, but I'm also really bad with my money, so maybe I need a financial planner because I'm 24. I've well, been, I'm inspired. That's what we, we said as well was that, you know, young people should be thinking about those things now. So that's what this episode's for. We want all of you guys to start thinking a little bit about that. Take from this what you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we're all going to be millionaires one day. 
Um, someone said something to me the other day, which kind of lends into this as well. And I wasn't going to bring this up, but since we're here, um, I was I was in the Q one in Service Paradise on a Tuesday night by accident, and oh, there was nothing accidental. <laughs> and he looked out the balcony and he's like, he pointed down down to the. I was on the 49th floor, mm-hmm. you know, as you do, and he pointed down. To I mean, fiftieth if you count the extra floor that you were sitting on. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, so he points down to this house and he's like, see that house down there? And I was like, yeah, okay, I see it. And it's like, it was dark, so, but I could tell that it was on like the canals. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, probably like, not Chevron Island, but maybe like a little bit south of Chevron Island. Um, and it was quite a large house. It was lit up. You could kind of see that it was a large house. Yes. And he's so like... It was a McMansion. It was a mansion. Um, yeah, and he goes, he goes, see that house down there? worth 4.4 million dollars I'm gonna own it one day and I was like you're the kind of people that I need to like pretend I am (laughs) light bulb moment she's like you know what that's the kind of man I want to date but unfortunately that kind of man isn't looking to date right now yeah and that was it and like I had the night and everything was fine and I got up the next morning and I went to work hungover and it was all great but I had that that light bulb moment of that yes, that's the kind of guy I would like to date. But the kind of guy that I would like to date is isn't dating. Isn't dating because he's too busy figuring out the life that we're going to live later. Isn't that something incredibly inspirational for you? I know. Right isn't that so strange that you have like a one night stand with a person and they just like blow your entire brain? Yeah, for all the different reasons. Yes, so many reasons. Um, so, but yeah, so yeah, I highly doubt he's going to listen to this. But shout out to you. You for changing the trajectory of her life. Changing the – well, just inspiring me to not feel so sad about my shit luck with men. Exactly, because all the douchebags that you're trying to date right now – They aren't going to exactly own that, that. $4.4 million mansion. You know what they're going to own? The crack house. Down. Behind the <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know how these things work on the Gold Coast. <laughs> but, yes, now we are – going into our finance yeah we will so we'll part we'll pass over to ross um very very inspirational chat and we really really hope you guys enjoy that and hopefully one day we'll all own 4.4 million dollar mansions um 4.5 because we need to be better than him here's ross hello welcome with us today is ross moray now you are our first guest that we don't actually know personally. Right, has just jumped on board, decided to come over. He's in our house at the moment. Yeah, I slid into his DMs, what are we going to say about it? Um, <laughs> so, Ross, you are a financial advisor. Would that be the correct term? Correct. Yeah. I'd like to use the word financial coach for cool. younger people because I think they hear financial planner and they think old. They freak out. Old, yeah. grey hair. Going to tell me to stop spending money. Can confirm he is not old and does not have grey hair. Not that we haven't been close enough, but... For now, he has no grey hair. Minimal grey. Minimal grey. So you also have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so it's called The Young Money Podcast. Mm -hmm. And we talk about money, business, relationships, travel, and like everything young people basically. Because we know that money ties into almost every single part of our lives. We try and cover not so much like the boring what you do with your money. It's more so what does money look like when you travel? What does it look like in a relationship? How to start a business? All that kind of fun stuff that all us young people are wonderful and what made you sway towards the younger generation like as you've obviously it's obviously a target market right yeah definitely so 
obviously we were talking a bit before about this, like before we started was I started working for a big company called AMP, which is like the biggest financial planning company in Australia. Mm-hmm. Very old, very boring. And when I started working, my bosses were only like telling me that we could only work with old people that had millions of dollars in super. Yeah. Because that's how you made the most money. Mm-hmm. So I was 24, 23, 24, leaving university, first job, getting more money than I'd ever made in my whole life. And all my friends were doing the same thing. And I said to my boss, can I work with younger people? And they said, no, you can't make any money from them. Yeah. But all my friends were asking me the same questions of, I've just got my first paycheck. What the hell do I do with it? My boss, boss just asked me to sign a for super form. What the hell's that? Like, tax is coming out. I don't understand it. I need to move out of home. I just left uni. Like, what are all these things that all of us young people were dealing with? Mm-hmm. And they, no, one, no one was there to help them. So ended up leaving there and starting my own business and, yeah, working with younger people. And yeah, amazing. How long have you been doing it for? Coming up to about five and a half years. Damn, there you go. Yeah. I find it so funny that they like won't – obviously the reasoning is because that we don't have any money to pay them. Yeah. But <laughs> if you think about it logically, if you help the young people now, they will be the old people with millions of dollars in their super. And then you've got or like you a could, relationship yeah. with – No, 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 not even that. You could just not help us now and we won't have as much money in our super. Like if you exactly. told me exactly. how to handle my money now, I'm going to be richer when you want my money. Yeah. Um, is that not right? Ah, so you're working undercover for the big company still kind of thing. Yeah, you're just, exactly. you're just <laughs> handballing them, the young people. Scratch my back. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that, like that's it. Like it's a lot of these people, a lot of these big companies have like a minimum. So you, we will not work with you unless you literally have half a million dollars to invest. It's like who the fuck has half a million dollars to invest? Apparently everyone old and grey. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but I want to know these people because I need investors for businesses <laughs> and stuff. That is not where I thought that was going. <laughs> Because she's recently um, divorced, not divorced, so... Not recently. I've recently quit dating. That's what I've recently done. Mm. Um, Interesting. I just... Yeah, that that baffles me that it's like the logic's not there. It's still so prehistoric that they haven't accepted the fact that young people will be old people one day. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not just going to disappear in, like, 20 seconds. If you deal with us now and you, like, give us coaching and advice and whatever... The economy will be much healthier. I agree. So, do you still work for this company, and then you do your own thing as well, or no. are you solely working for yourself solely these days? Yeah, yeah. So that yep. gave me the freedom to work with the clients I want to work with, mm-hmm. and have no kind of ties to any big companies or anything like that. So. And you've also kind of proved them wrong as well, because you're clearly like five and a half years in, you're clearly yeah. making money off it. So, it's been a hard road, but yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, but still, it's still manageable. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to this one who breaks down often because the business is stressing her out. So if you've got any advice, uh, yeah. just, keep just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming at this point. I'm like, yeah, I need floaties. <laughs> yeah, it was like a big jump. So like I went university earning no money to then working this job was like on good money and then started business, went back to earning less money than it was at uni. Yeah. For those two years, so I was like... Shit money, really good money, back to back shit to money. Shit money. Okay, talk me through this just for my own personal. Di- like, we're going to digress for a second. Yeah. How mentally did you cope with that? Like, that two years. I'm earning more money now than I was when I was doing my first degree, but I feel a lot like I'm working a lot harder to earn that money. But I feel like I need to as well. So how do you? How did you cope with that kind of going back to earning shit money again? Like financially or just mentally? Like mentally. <laughs> yeah. um, I just kind of had the approach of like I knew that it was going to be a shit time, but I knew that if I could get through it, yeah, 
going to start getting better. Did you prepare yourself? Like, obviously, you knew you were going to start a business. Did you have, say, X amount of money in savings before you did that? I. It's actually a pretty funny story. You might enjoy this. So I saved up. I was like, oh, I'm going to give myself six months. So I had six months' worth of expenses. Obviously, not married, no kids, no mortgage. So expenses were pretty lean. Yeah. So I saved up six months of expenses. And then just before we're about to like leave the company, realised I had a three-month like restraint of trade, which means I couldn't work for three months. So I couldn't start the business for three months. Wow. <laughs> so me and my partner, we had like, we were thinking about what to do and we're like, oh, well, let's go travelling because... May as well. We had nothing else to there do. There goes all that like, money. Yep. It was like, well, let's go travelling and it's going to be hard to log for the next five years, so let's go do a bit of travel now Yeah. and then come back. So I was working in like doing stuff behind the scenes in the business and then driving for Uber at night time, come back, work, drive for Uber at night time. So I was living right near the Gold Coast Airport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that Uber driving saved up for three, like a month holiday to Europe. Yep. And then I could still have the six months worth of like buffer to start the business. Wow. So, so my bartending isn't necessarily yep. that dramatic. Exactly. Like, it's definitely, it's yeah. not it's actually kind of smart. It's, well, you're running a bar. It's not that dramatic i'm a bartender on paper (laughs) (laughs) i run a bar in person i'm a bartender on paper yeah um so yeah that kind of got me through that and obviously just cut expenses down to next to nothing yeah i'm not very good at that well i am but i'm also like high maintenance (laughs) (laughs) the glare i just got from stephanie (laughs) absolutely incredible all right shall we go into the dating stuff um dating and money so First, I want to talk about kind of dating etiquette. So there's this whole like prehistoric thing of, you know, like the guy pays for the first date and that kind of stuff. First of all, in your experience, because you've spoken about relationships and stuff on your podcast yeah. and in work, in your experience, is that dated? Do people still do that? Like, what do you reckon? Well, so I've been in a relationship for almost 10 years, so I'm probably not the best person to ask like <laughs> what happens like on the first date. But I think it's still expected. You think it's still expected? Yeah. I actually put it up. I don't know if you saw it. I put it up on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. I got some interesting results. It was like mixed of like guys and girls. Some guys were saying no. Some girls were saying no. You shouldn't. They shouldn't pay. Really? Like it was really interesting to see. Um, Did you have any say yes? Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll see what we've got. Because so, yeah. I know for me, I always offer. Like that's always my thing. <laughs> but I've been single for Nearly two years. Do you do that thing where you'll <laughs> offer, but deep down you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they call it dance. They yeah. call, they call it, guys call it the dance. Yeah, like, like oh, if they do the dance, oh. they're a nice girl. If they yeah. don't do the dance and just expect it to be paid, yeah, yeah. Then you got to ask questions. Yeah. Um, but I will 100%. Like, if it's something expensive, I'll split it. But my thing was always like, you get dinner, I'll get breakfast or whatever. Like, yeah, it always so you're works expecting out. Expecting a second date. No, no, no. Damn. If I'm, Shots fired. <laughs> if I'm expecting a second date, but like with people I've dated consistently, yeah, it's yeah. been kind of like you get one, I get one, you get one, I get well, one. I mean, but is that agreed to though? At the f- like, no, I guess that's just, just kind of happens. Kinda do it, yeah. So the the results were fifty nine percent said yes, you should split the bill on the first date. Forty one percent no, you shouldn't. No. Oh, now I want to know what's okay. So this is this leads into my next question. What's the – and this is – I'm throwing it out to everyone's opinion. This is not necessarily, like, a finance-specific thing. But what's an appropriate first date? Like, is it appropriate to go and drop two, $300 on a first date? Or are we Fuck coffee on no. the kind of people? 
No. What was, the, what was the second bit? Like coffee on the beach. Like that's me. I'm like, let's yeah. go for a coffee and no, there's no attachment. No I would not bad. drop that kind of money unless I knew the person first. Could you imagine rocking up to a very expensive date and then having like, like someone just, I can't even think of anyone that wouldn't offend anyone else right now. <laughs> but just someone like really, I don't know, like a man that, I have no idea where you're going with this. Like a man who's like well off. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, like dropping the money on a date, but he's like a horrible date. Oh, as in if you have a shit date like and then you compromise, feel... like or he's compensate. Like, or he's like misogynistic or throw. <laughs> this, is getting, this is getting very personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like that kind of like misogynistic kind of idea of like the guy guy owns the girl so therefore like you kind of but imagine if you went to drop that money and it was a really horrible date then but that's what i'm saying like yeah. i would feel bad and then i'd feel obliged to have a second date and spend the same amount of money yeah i think that's a really interesting point it's yeah. like what's the expectations that if it's more yeah then you feel obliged to sleep with them slash next date slash whereas if we just go out for coffee i'm not vibing i'm shoop out of there yeah and i don't give a shit yeah it's like steph called me crying i need to get the fuck out yeah pretty much yeah. pretty much or i'm just like hmm, look this isn't really working out i also and just i, I want to slide in there before when you were like you know you pay for dinner i'll pay for breakfast and you mm. commented on the second day i'm like that's 12 <laughs> hours apart man your head is in the gutter we know what, what I'm like. What happens person. between? We have discussed, <laughs> we have discussed this. What happens between dinner and breakfast, Emily? Uh, all of the fun stuff. Anyway, moving well, on. What, so, like, the mix. I actually, put it up as, as a poll as well, just to see because yeah. I was curious to know. And my, I had in my mind like fifty to hundred bucks. Yeah. I reckon, but then mm. again, it depends what like the expectation is. Like, okay. are you trying to impress them on the first date, or are you just trying to like get to know them? Because like yeah. a five dollar coffee date could be awesome. Or a hundred dollar dinner date could be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like mixed results is fifty dollars max, eighty dollars. Um, what is it? Whatever's reasonable for your budget, very responsible. Answer. <laughs> fifty dollars. That sounds boring. Yeah, that's as one fuck. of your clients, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Um, fifty to two hundred, under two hundred, fifty under fifty, hundred. First date, anything goes. Was one answer. Interesting. So, yeah, I think yeah, the hundred right. was probably the general consensus. I'm a bad first date, though. But. Again, I don't know. That just depends what you're trying to do, whether you're trying to impress them or yeah. just trying to get to know them. Because you just think like that, you know, all the movies and whatever, the guy is expected to woo the girl and impress her yeah. and drop all this. Ca- I have no time for that. Like, not. In, I don't expect it more than mm. anything. I'm, again, like we said, I'd feel obliged then to mm. second date or, uh, you know, you get yourself in a situation where you're like, uh, what, are you, what do you want me to do now kind of thing. Like, I don't want to be bought in yeah. a way. So I guess that was where I was coming from with that is pe- do people still expect that, which I guess to a degree there's still yeah, that expectation there. I think there. so. I'd yeah. be curious to know if you have any same-sex listeners. Like, what happens when there's two girls going on a date? Interesting. Like, That's a wonderful question, actually. But I feel like, like <laughs> but when, when you're in a same-sex relationship, I feel like there's always one slightly more masculine and feminine. I'd be so curious like, to know if the same thing still applies, though. It's like... Yeah. Dude, I yeah, I want to know. Okay, if if not, I'm going to find them. But if we have any same sex listeners, drop in. Or two, or two guys. <laughs> or two guys. In a relationship. I can't imagine two guys would be listening. Well, maybe, maybe. We have a few. We have a lot of males actually. Yeah, a lot of male a lot listeners. Of male, like disgusting amount of males, and I think that's pros- possibly my fault. 
Uh, um, definitely <laughs> miss I'm 90% semen at this stage. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, if you've never heard any of the podcasts before. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. So say you're past the first date, you're into a relationship, um, you're kind of making decisions about money now. So do you think it's a deal breaker if the two people in the relationship, if one person is content with the three-bedroom shack in the middle of the woods and one person wants the, you know, is – do we think it's a deal breaker if your money priorities don't line up? I don't know if that's the right phrasing, but I think it is. Yeah, you think it is? I think it plays so, like the stats around it are that money has like one of the leading causes of divorce or separation in the yeah. world, yeah, in Australia. So that's like seems to me that it's a big fucking problem. Yeah, yeah. If money's not aligned, yeah. So I think definitely it is because yeah, if you if your goal is to live in a penthouse mansion and the other person is to travel the world and backpack, it's like. Yeah, because I've had that. It's not so much like your money priorities don't align, your goals like don't align. You just don't align. Yeah, Yeah. because I've had that where I dated a guy where he was completely happy with his like, you know, base salary would have been chill. He made comments to me telling me I'm materialistic, which I am, but that's fine. But it didn't align and that was part of the reason that I ended up calling it because I was like, if you don't want to push yourself to be on the same level that I want to be on, yep. this isn't going to work out. Mm. But then there's the flip side of it is it's like spending habits as well. Like you can earn all the money in the world, but if one person wants to earn it to put themselves in a comfortable position and the other one wants to like gamble it away or drink it away or whatever, like in your experience, would you say, which would you say is bigger, a bigger issue? In what? The as in like the not having the lining up of like one person's happy with you know a sixty thousand dollar salary and a three-bedroom house or one person spends more than the other i think they're both massive problems yeah. massive problem like my yeah. my ex-partner um he was a tradie and a decent amount of money he's a bit older than i am versus i've studied ever since we were together we were together for four years and um so here i am and like working at dracula's earning five hundred dollars a week you know like student yep struggle town and he was up at like two thousand dollars a week whatever it was and it was it was kind of like he he, we had this running joke that he was sticking around because he knew I was going to do something with my life one day and at some point it's going to come back around yeah he's like I'm sticking around now and like doing all of this for you now because I know that it will pay off one day that was kind of the running joke of the relationship how did that turn out <clears throat> um, six weeks ago, it was going very well. <laughs> it's a little bit longer than that, but yeah. But no, but that, and it, and it, but it was kind of a, a problem at the time because I always felt like we were still going 50-50 in rent, but he was kind of always kind of paying that little bit more on the groceries and doing and I had a problem with that. Yeah. 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 I, well, I've been in the same situation where my ex-boyfriend literally said to me, I had to do some stupid shit to graduate uni and he was like it's fine you just like pull back on work and I'll I can work full-time because I don't study um and then when push came to shove he was like no I don't want to do this actually he dropped back to part-time which meant I had to like we'd agreed on it and then all of a sudden it was like gone Mm. so it was like oh fuck now I need to find 13 hours of a roster somewhere in my like I haven't set myself up for this yeah so I, what would your recommendation be in that scenario? Well, I think the hard bit is like when 
when into the relationship do you bring it up? Because like, you're not going to drop on the first date. Okay, what's your? Do you want kids? Like, <laughs> yeah. how much do you want to be earning? How much do you earn? Like, how yeah. much debt you're in? Like, so I think that's the hard part of like. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind bringing that up on a first date. Actually, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's like experiment. Well, yeah, it does like cut out a lot of the bullshit because it's like right? if you've been dating, 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 it's like all right, there's five dates in, and it's like okay, now you start talking about like more serious stuff. Hmm. It's like first date. This, 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 yeah. resume, check, nah, okay, done. Yeah, he like, fill out this form out and get free, back to me. Free dating form. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the hard part. It's like when in a relationship do you bring it up? And like, mm-hmm. I suppose it's when do you see yourself like being together for the long term? Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, well, are we moving in together? Like where are we moving in together? It's like. Yeah. It, it's so like it's so intertwined. Like well, it's ridiculous. I, I guess you could kind of like come up with questions that kind of dance around it and still yep. get the answer like you can still get a read on it maybe on like the second date so it's like <laughs> breakfast yeah, yeah the breakfast <laughs> breakfast you just be like no I, well i've heard well my question's always like just my joke like icebreaker question is always if you only had the ingredients for one meal in your house what would it be like for the rest of your life if you could only eat one meal and that's not going to tell me anything about their financial standard but we could do the same sort of question line it's like sashimi or something you probably got like if they're like caviar you're like um i just want a live fish in my house at all times yeah (laughs) but yeah like you could i guess maybe there would be a question that you could come up with that would give you enough information that you could decide whether you wanted to proceed i think so we call it like your money story and mm. it's a real like the psychology behind like money. It's like, well, how did you grow up? Because that's a really interesting one of like, maybe you grew up super poor. So like your goal is to never, ever be poor again. You want to be secure and wealthy. And then you grew up super wealthy. So you've never had to work. Like, mm. So you just draw an example. Throwing it out. Um, so then you get to a relationship and you've got complete conflicting money stories of you want to be super rich because you never want to be poor again, but you don't have never worked a job in your life. Mm. So you're sweet. It's like, that's not going to align. That's not going to work, yeah. So then, like, you think further down the track. It's like you bring a kid in the world and it's like, okay, well, how are we going to raise this baby? Like, yeah, we're going to raise a baby that credit cards are good or credit cards are bad? Mm. Yeah. Savings good or savings bad? Like, because for a lot of people, it's like credit cards, they've just lived on credit cards their whole life. They've never known anything different because their parents lived on credit cards, their whole family yeah. has been in debt. So then it's like that money story, like, follows you all the way along. It's very weird because, like, well, I don't really know much about my parents, well, both of us had parents who had us really young. Um, and the number one thing that, like, first thing my dad did when he found out my mum was pregnant was buy a block of land and build a house. And that was it. But otherwise, like, as far as I'm aware, we were, you know, doing okay my mm-hmm. entire life. My parents worked hard, but as far as I'm aware, we're doing okay. I know they've had credit cards, like you say, but now I'm – I almost – overcompensate because my parents were doing so well so young yeah. like my parents had a kid at my mom was 17 and they're still together they've never been in you know too much financial hardship as far as i'm aware yeah. all things considered um but now i'm like i push harder so i can see yeah. what you mean whereas i'm like i'm 23 and i'm not doing as well as they were <laughs> i actually have a question for you um so i say this because i had a conversation with emily the other day so i'm in the middle of taking out a loan yeah um a small loan. Now, I don't – I'm not really the loan type. I don't like interest. I don't like owing people money kind of thing. Like, I like to be a little, little independent. Emily's exact words were, the world runs on interest. Just do it. Opinions. Because we have conflicting – Can I, can I just, can you add some context? Can I add some context? Yes, because the reason – the reasons behind your loans mm. I find to be valid. Like, my car is on a loan. That's normal. 
you want to get a motorbike and a skydiving license and want to do these things, you've had a rough, you know, mm. a rough couple of months and you want to do these things. But I also know you're not an idiot. Mm. The, I wouldn't say that to someone with a gambling problem. <laughs> like, I know you're not an idiot. So the context around that was, mm. yes, the world runs on interest, so do it. But it was more, I more meant you will pay it back. Mm. You will be smart about it. Mm. You're not going to go and, you know, blow your money on a $700 bar tab when you know you've got loan repayments or yeah. buy like, drugs on your credit card. But, I mean, like, what? what's your <laughs> – We know a guy. <laughs> girl. girl. We know a girl. Know a girl. Um, but well, what's, yeah. So what's the loan for? Like Motorbike and a skydiving licence. But, but, so it is one of those flexible loans where I can pay it off yeah. as soon as possible. The idea is to just funnel money into this yeah. as it comes in. But it's I like – you're justifying it kind of – answers the question yeah I'm, I'm justifying it like I'm very I'm very thought out about it like in my head this will cost me maybe six hundred thousand like sorry six hundred dollars maybe <laughs> maybe six hundred dollars in terms what? of interest and stuff if I can pay it off when I can but I mean like what is your opinion on the concept of the world runs on interest because I know people that have credit cards and just not digging themselves in debt but have the mindset of just put it on the credit card yeah and pay for it later so there's, without getting super technical, mm. there's like a couple of types of debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Mm-hmm. So good debt is you buy something to buy, you borrow money to buy an investment property. Mm-hmm. You rent that investment property out, it makes you money. Yeah. Yep. So using debt for that reason, it makes you money. It's attached to an asset, a house that goes up in value. It's like, that's a good. Yeah. If you rack up a credit card debt to buy drugs or gambling, mm-hmm. it's not attached to anything. It's costing you interest like... That's doesn't make debt. you money. So yep. There's a big, big like difference between types of debt. So my thing with debt is like credit cards are awesome if you use them the right way. Yeah. And there's a big difference between people who need to use a credit card and people who choose to use a credit card. Yeah. So the people who choose to, they've always got more than enough. They've always got more than in savings than they do that they owe on their credit card. Mm-hmm. They use it for the points. Like they use it the right way. They pay it off each month. It's like that's a good use of a credit card. Yeah. A bad use of people that like they need to use a credit card because they can't afford it otherwise. Yeah. And isn't it a way of like mortgage offsetting or something? You can use a credit card. Yeah. Something like my ex's parents had some set up where they their mortgage was out against a credit card yeah. and they'd use the credit card and then it would go back into, I don't know, it was confusing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but to answer your question, it's like, what's the alternative? Like, mm. if you didn't take it out on loan, could you buy the thing with money, like with savings? Well, yeah, it, that's the thing. It's like I could, but I, then I would I would rather not be broke. Like, I'd rather not have yeah. money. Like, I'd just do this now and then funnel so money into it as we go. To keep your emergency exactly but it's also the concept of you need a credit rating to be able to buy a house one day so you kind of need these things and you need (laughs) to be disagreement (laughs) disagree tell me tell me more (laughs) well that like that's that's like something that a lot of people it's is right and wrong yeah and it's a way to trap people Mm -hmm. like we need a credit rating take out a credit card yeah you're now 18 you've got a first job take out a credit card yeah yeah and so you need a credit rating it's like no you don't so i don't need a credit rating to buy a house not necessarily. Interesting. I'm listening. Yeah. If you've got like good, like if you've got good savings, like if you've always like paid off, like you never had a default on your um, phone bill or your like utilities bill, if you've got a good amount of savings, mm-hmm. they're not going to care if you've never taken out a credit card. Yeah. I think it's like there is a little bit of truth to it, but don't be that the sole reason for you taking out a credit card. Interesting. But we all like, well, I'm going to just use this right now to put you back in your box 
the chances of her buying a house on her own what like the way that the world is set up to my understanding it's a lot easier to buy a house as two people than it is as one person oh most definitely so the, 100%. the plan is to piggyback off of my mum's house yeah to buy a block of land in the adelaide hills and put and put a property on it section it off sell that put another property and just develop a little yeah um but i'm currently on a contract of sixty thousand dollars a year so we're working on it yeah but it's is that achievable as a sole person well, with enough savings. Yeah, everything's achievable with enough savings. And yeah. <laughs> so I think like, that's, it's really interesting because it's like some people's idea of buying a house is a – literally had someone do this the other day, which was, blew my mind. They bought a $150,000 house in like – That happens? Charleville, which is 12 hours in west. In the middle of nowhere, yeah. Like, but the idea of buying a $150,000 house, I was like – how is this even possible? They just yeah. bought a house to their name, like they yeah, like they they live oh, they live out there and oh, okay. like that's where they grew up and that's where they happen to live. Whereas someone else, the idea of buying a house is a one point five million dollar unit on the beach. Multi million dollars, yeah. So there's a massive gap. So you first like need to define what 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 you're looking to spend your money on. What are you looking to spend your money on? Yeah. What are those priorities? Like, what's stopping you from getting a two hundred fifty thousand dollar job per annum? Mm. You can buy a house pretty quickly with if you're only two hundred fifty k. Mm. If you're only 60k with single, mm. then buying a million dollar properties, little out of reach, little out of the question. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm. I guess that's probably where, like, I and we spoke about this before we started the podcast. Like, I I'm one to just if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. So I wouldn't buy the three hundred thousand dollar house west. I would buy. I would save and wait and buy the multi-million dollar beachfront property yeah. that I want, whatever, like, yeah. as examples. So I guess that's probably where we differ there is I'm, like, $750,000 minimum right here. Like, I want to live here. I'm not going to compromise on that. I'd rather not bother do it until I'm ready to yeah. do that. Whereas you're a little bit more kind of build up to it, you know? Start small in the Adelaide Hills and build up equity and use – other houses to buy more houses. Yeah, your logic's there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the point, right? Made, the, the logic is there. But this is, like, this is an interesting point. If, like, imagine you two in a relationship. Go away. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Like, <laughs> coming back to your question of, like, do your yeah. money priorities align? Is it going to be a relationship killer? If that's what you're, like, what we're arguing about now. Yeah. True. But what you if. Imagine you've been in a relationship and you're going, I want to buy in Adelaide Hills. You want to buy a $750,000 apartment on the beach. Yeah. So, but if I started my journey first and we'll, then we would get married, I would buy you your $750,000. dollars I can't brain today. I would buy you your very expensive property near the beach. That's compromising in a partnership, correct? Yeah, but I don't think it quite works like that because I'm also stubborn and I would want to do it myself. So it doesn't work. So it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But so then to answer our long-winded question, question, yes, money priorities are important. Are important because we've just established that Steph and I should never date. <laughs> <laughs> She's already my fucking wife, all right? Like, we can't get enough of each other. While we're on the topic, so... Dating or what? Dating, what, the whole thing, houses together. Yeah. So theoretically speaking, you have two partners... One partner earns $60,000 a year. One partner earns $250,000. let us just blow it out for, yep. the, mm-hmm. for the purposes of the argument. These two decide to get into a relationship, move in together. Obviously, the person earning $250,000 is gonna, probably going to want to live in a much nicer place than the other person can afford. How do we broach this 
topic. Do we? I am feeling a little personally attacked. No, no, I'm just. No, oh, this, this is, is the prolonged eye contact. No, 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 this has nothing to do with you. I'm just saying, like, I can see that happening where one person cannot physically afford yeah. what the other person, and you know, then you end up being like, oh, I can cover it, I can cover it, I can cover it. But I don't think that's necessarily smart. Oh, I knew a I knew a couple once where typical the male earned more than the female, but when it came to rent, they paid the percentage of their wage yeah, right. so it it evened out you know say she earned half of what he did he paid yeah. two-thirds kind of thing so that i haven't heard of that before but that it's a potential way to get around it yeah right you're, you're paying the same amount of like percentages yeah, your, okay. of your wage yeah i like that um yeah again it's like there's so many it depends like yeah because it's like how long they've been in a relationship like are we talking about they've been dating for three months and this is happening first house together like first time they're moving in together how long have they been with like dating? A year. I wouldn't. Damn. I wouldn't move in with someone before a year. Yeah. So that would go. Right. It's yeah. I don't know. It's so hard because you're thinking long term, and like everyone thinks they're going to be together forever with yeah. the person they're with at the moment. But we all know that like fifty percent of relationships end up in divorce or separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you try and plan for the best, but expect the worst. That type of thing. Yeah. So again, it comes down to like, well, what is the goal? Like. Is that person that's earning more willing to pay more? Like, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. But again, it's just coming down to those priorities of, like, well, does does the person know that they're in, like, their financial position? Like, are they open about it? Is the person earning 60 pretending that they're earning 100? Do you find that people aren't open about it? Because I'm, like, I, I tell people more than they want to know. I think it's getting better, but it's still super taboo. Really? Like, so when we, like, because we're, like, one of the only people in our clients' lives that know how much they earn, like... Realistically, who That's knows interesting. what your wage is? Like your boss, the person who pays payroll, and like maybe your partner or best friend. Yeah. I was going to say, you know exactly what I earn. <laughs> yeah, because she freaks out about it all the time. My parents, like not enough is the answer to the question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that – but I we've discussed this many a time that I'm strange and not a lot of people work the same way as I do. Mm. But yeah, that's I find that funny that – I think it's still a massive taboo topic. Like – how much do you earn? Like, are you in debt? Like, it should be like open. Like, I like, feel like even people walking around with like a sign saying, "I earn this much." Like, yeah. I think it would get rid of a lot of issues. But, but what about your relationship? You've been with your partner ten years. Like, yeah. at what point, as a financial advisor, did you start having those conversations? Like, what was in play when you guys started dating? So I, she was working, and I was at uni. Mm-hmm. So, but I kind of work part time. So it was, it's always been like relatively equal. Mm-hmm. And then when I first when I started the business, I was very upfront. I said, "Look, the next three years are going to suck. Yeah. Like, pretty much, are you prepared to go through this? Because I'm going to be earning like I think I was earning like twenty five grand a year. Yeah, for the first like two years, I was like, yeah, and pumping everything back into the business. So I was mm-hmm. like, look, the next two years is going to suck. We moved out of an apartment to another apartment, which was like two hundred dollars a week less than what we were paying, like mm-hmm. into a pretty shitty apartment. Yeah, but I was upfront about that, and I was like, look, this is what. Long-term goal. Yeah, yeah, this is a long-term goal. This is what I see. Like, And I'd, we'd been together long enough that I could have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could have had that like six months or a year in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I had a similar conversation with my ex um, of I had to – to graduate uni, I had to do an internship and ended up falling through and I basically had to do half my internship hours in th- within three weeks and work as much as I could within that time while also studying that. So that, that whole semester was a mess for me. And he took a full-time contract, got a promotion, said, you know, we had that conversation. He was like, yep, I got you, I got you, I got you. 
And then he backed out. Yeah. He was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. So obviously that didn't happen with you. But what yeah. would you say to someone in that situation? Either party. Like them backing out or having that up, upfront conversation? Like, Well... I don't even know because, like, we'd had the conversation. So now I'm all – I would never put myself in that position again yeah. because I wouldn't trust that it's legit. Like, I would freak the hell out and I always make sure that I have enough money to cover my own ass yeah. and work myself into the ground, as Steph can attest to. But, yeah, how would you – I guess both sides of it. Yeah. How would you suggest the person who is earning less cover their ass and how would you suggest the person earning more covers their ass? So the person earning less, I think it comes back to being financially secure. Yeah. Not overextending yourself, like not doing dumb shit with your money. Yeah. Like living, like people say, like actual wage. Like instead of actual age, actual wage. Yeah, it's yeah. like if you're earning 60 grand a year and the, the, like you know the next three months is going to be hell because you're doing your internship, it's like what other step, like what's those priorities? So we talk about like yeah. your life priorities. Like is the study more important than going out on the weekend? Is study more important than going on that trip to Bali or holiday? Like, yeah, where are we where are we happy to cut back on? Yeah. So it's just trying to get that to a point where you don't have to rely on someone else to cover you. Yeah. And then I guess from that person earning more, yeah, it's, it's such a hard one. Like, because yeah. then backing out of it, obviously, if it's not ideal in the relationship if they've agreed to it and mm. backed out of it. So that kind of yep. <laughs> you start to see where it's like there's money problems. It's not money problems. It's life problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all these things that. That Life. relationship ended like three Abru- months abruptly. later. So, yeah, that's no surprise there. <laughs> um, three years down the drain. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's like – so we talk a lot about like priorities for people. It's like what's more important? Yeah. Like, is it getting that degree? Is it doing the next thing? Is it going on holiday? Like, so we just – all we, our job is to align your money with what you're saying is important to you. Interesting. So, like, if your – yeah, as I said, if your thing is I want to get this degree, it's a non-negotiable, it's the top of the priority list, then – this is what I'm willing to cut back on. Mm. And then obviously if your partner can be on board with that, it makes life a lot easier. If your partner can actually, actually be on and stick to board it. with it yeah. rather yeah. than pretending. So being like a financial coach, is it it's gonna sound really dumb. Is it being like no, no dumb question. It's <laughs> money. That's one of my rules. Brain blender. Um <laughs> is it <laughs> Is it like kind of like being a fitness coach? Like you'll sit there and be like, this is what you need to do. This is how you're going to get on top of it. Do you keep people accountable 100%. for their shit as well? Like, That's the easiest way to explain it. Because when you say financial plan, I'm not sure what comes to your mind. But for most people, it's, as I said at the start, old, grey-haired, lots of people, only rich people have them. Yeah. So we do exactly that. We're like, we're a personal trainer for your money. Yeah. So everyone knows. It's your new slogan right there. Yeah, everyone knows <laughs> like to get healthy, it's eat less shit food and exercise yeah to get financially rich it's earn more and spend less so that's like the basics Dumb but it down. it's like very it. very like easy to say but very hard to do yeah and it's obviously a lot more complicated than that so when then we sit there and because like i'm sure it's the same for you girls it's like you move out of home you've got no accountability yeah. Except to yourself. Mm-hmm. And people aren't very good at keeping themselves accountable, generally speaking. Not at all. No, so, no, no. so you've got no responsibilities, like you, your parents aren't telling you what to do and you start earning all this money. It's like, if you want, you can just spend it all, blow it all, get a credit card, get a personal loan, very, very easy. Mm-hmm. So then we sit behind them and just say, you told us this was the goal. That's your goal. That wasn't my goal. It was your goal. You said yeah. you wanted to buy a house in two years. Yeah. This is what you need to do. You need to save X amount of money to get to that goal. If that goal changes, let me know, but I'm going to keep pushing you to this goal. Yeah. So then for our clients, we sit behind them and review their spending every month. 
and then send them the budget and say, it's terrifying. This is, what, this is what this is what you told you you were going to spend. This was the budget to get us to that goal. This is what you did spend. Yeah. Like I'm not your parent. I'm just telling you what you did spend. Yeah. Like, yeah you're and holding you accountable. You yeah. You're yeah. paying me to do this. So yeah. It's up to you whether you want to do it or not. Like. Interesting. So you're getting paid to hold people accountable. What do you think is like the biggest detriment to young people? trying to save and like what is really fucking people's future up at the moment not smashed ever if you say smashed ever i'm gonna headbutt you <laughs> stop spending money on coffee no, that's the old version yeah emily <laughs> yeah, old and great yeah um debt is a killer yeah yeah debt and what i find really interesting it's everyone thinks it's the big expenses that kill them mm. but it's the little ones that yeah. add up so like i hate like i'm not gonna say don't drink coffee because that's just a stupid suggestion but when I review people's spending, it's never like they spend $200, $300 in one hit. It's always $20, 20 30 30 Like I'm sure you see as bartenders. Like yeah. Mm. You go the amount lunch of money that goes yeah. through there on a Friday, Saturday night is ridiculous. And they have no idea. They just tap a tap a tap, tap off. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say debt, number one. Yeah. And, yeah, just no idea of what they're spending. No, yeah. No awareness. So like every time we work with someone, they come in, they, everyone knows exactly how much they earn to a degree. They can tell you pretty quickly. Yeah. And then you ask them how much they spend. No idea. No idea. Hmm. See, I'm pretty good at – I've been referred to as a budget whore uh, once or twice by ex-partners. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've fallen off the rail recently. But the reason – the thing I used to do that really, I'm really struggling with at the moment is I used to get $100 cash out of my paycheck every week and that would be my spending money yep. for the week. Perfect. With the cashless society that we have at the moment – I'm doing exactly what you just said, $4. I'm pretty sure I today alone I have spent at least $8 on I – I bought two <laughs> coffees like yeah. I because I had no coffee beans. But today alone I've spent that much money, but in my head it's just like, bye. Yeah. It's gone. I don't remember that. But I remember the $50 I spent on whatever it was. You remember the big ones. You yeah. don't remember the little ones. And the little ones, it's like four, eight, 12. And all of a sudden, you've spent yeah. $50 on coffee just not thinking about it. Yeah. I think the other big one, which I should have said, was not having something to save for. Yeah. So everyone says, like, oh, it's so hard to save money. And I agree. Like, it is hard to save money because you've everything in the world is trying to get you to spend the money you've just earned. Yeah. After pay Uber Eats, like, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's so hard to save. It's like, well, what are you trying to save for? They're like, I don't know. Nothing. It's no. like, well, you're trying to run a running race or try and get to a fitness goal. It's like, if you don't know what that goal is, you're not going to fucking hit it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you don't have something to save for, you're not going to save. And it doesn't necessarily have to be saving for a holiday. Like, Steph wanting a house. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. still a goal. Like, it's a long-term or goal. Or, like, the motorbike. Or, like, the, yeah. like, so we make a list of all these goals. Like, as big, as small, as whatever they are. Like, yeah. some people, like, have tiny goals. that. Or even paying off my loan. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've always wanted to have enough money in my bank account that I can just drop on that loan and I don't even have to worry about it yeah. anymore. Because, you know, if I do have to pay it off as I go, then sure, but I would like to pay it off in one lump sum. And, say, and fuck you. Yeah, and be like, <laughs> see you, ANZ. Um, but, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, if you've got something to it's – like, it's like being happier because you're looking forward to a holiday. Yeah, like, 100%. If you're looking f- towards something – yeah. It's more tangible and you can and that's, see it. that's the big thing with debt is you don't have to work hard for it. Yeah. So when you get that thing, whatever it is, like clothes, holiday, whatever, that satisfaction is not there because if you've had to save for 12 months to go on a holiday, you're going to enjoy that holiday a hell of a lot more than if you just went a month before, hey, do you want to go on a holiday? Yep, cool. 
credit card, bang, done. Yeah. Yeah. It's paid off when I get home. Yeah, good point. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely having something clear to save for. But the big thing with that is having something clear that is important to you. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing I talk about with people is what's important to you? Like if your goal is to buy a home, awesome. But is it actually your goal or is it your parents telling you that you need to buy a home? Yeah. yeah. If your goal is to travel the world and live out of a backpack for the next 20 years, like – Cool. That's perfectly fine. Do yeah. that. Like, the world's going to tell you you're, not, you're unsuccessful because you're not married, don't have kids, and don't have a home. But right. to you, you're fulfilled and you're happy and you've reached your goal. So it's like, mm-hmm. do that. Would you say that a deadline kind of makes people work harder as well? So, you know, you book a holiday and then you earn the money for it. So it's like, shit, i got to work hard now. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So having like a time, like a time get bound goal. Yeah. It's like, this is when I need to achieve it. So it's like, clear deadline. Yeah. And then there's no negotiables. Yeah. So, like, you can't go and be like – because I've always found when I'm – particularly for holidays, when I'm saving for holidays, you've got this date and you – well, this is how I do it. I don't know if this is how other people do it. But budget, I will – Budget whore. Yeah, budget whore. <laughs> <over there. laughs> just whore in general at this point. Like, Jesus You just say just whore in general. Yeah. Every time – I mean, you're trying. You can just throw a word in front of whore and I'm pretty sure we've said every version of it in the podcast so far. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I will go, this is my weeks between now and then. This is how much I need total. This is how much I need to put away per week in order yeah. to do that. So, if I miss one week, I know I'm fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. you forces me to put that money away because I literally, like, have a time where it's like, if I don't do it by then, I'm screwed. Yeah. But I'm also the person who will budget an extra $2,000 for a holiday just in case and not yeah. spend it. So, it's, yeah, I, fi- I find a deadline. I don't know. Steph, talk to me. Deadline? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, I had a point before and then we kept talking. Um, I mean, I, I went to a... um. A Tony Robbins event a little while ago and one of the mottos that they spoke about was like burning the boats. Like if you're going into battle and you're coming onto shore and you're battling this like um, just just anything in life really, it's you burn the boats. So there is no way off that island unless you win. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I like that. you know, when you book something in and you make that commitment or you make a deposit that's non-refundable, it's like, cool, now I have to make it happen. Yeah. Otherwise... There is no other option. Exactly what we did with this podcast. Yeah, you're backing yourself into the corner. I got the logo designed and paid for it. And then I was like, well, shit, we're starting a podcast now. Yeah. Before I even met her. (laughs) Before I'd even met you, I paid for that logo. And then I was like, "Mm, well, fuck, now I need to start it. Yeah. It's a pretty pretty cool logo. So you did a good job. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know what what it was like when you were younger, but you had like your goals up on your wall. Like you had a picture of the thing. That that is not a younger thing. This is. That is right now. No, but I find like for a lot of people, it's like they had that and then they get older and it's like, well, that's gay or like that's yeah. a bit woo woo like no i like we do that with clients all the time you want to buy a house show me the fucking house you want to buy like yeah. give me a picture you want to go on holiday give me the picture of the holiday let's put it on the fridge let's put the time let's put the amount you need and you're going to see it every single day like, yeah it makes a massive difference yeah i think people fall into the trap and like this house i mean you're sitting in it it's strange um but most people in the apartment on the beach what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah <laughs> they can't Here see the us way, there is a bar us. in the living room it's perfect <laughs> like i used to live in like quite you know normal adult i lived a whole different life um before now but i used to live in like a normal adult house and i had my adult furniture and you know everything was clean and crisp and you know it looked like adults lived there this place looks like two teenagers live here because we pretty much do. Hmm. But I think that's kind of where you fall into is you have to hold up this facade of what your house should look like and you shouldn't have vision boards all over the walls and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, 
pick a room, put a room aside that's got all that crap around it and you don't have to show anyone else. You just I am show yourself. All vision boards and manifestation. Yeah. It's a big thing. We had a conversation about this last night actually. About on the beach actually, so yeah, about needing to visualize these kind of goals and especially financial goals and physical goals and, you know, getting up every morning and telling yourself you're going to achieve these goals and exactly what you're going to achieve. And a lot of that comes down to the vision board stuff as well. And again, like it comes down to paying that deposit and making those decisions and backing yourself into a corner so you've got no option but to succeed. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think with all of that, it's, I'm just, I just find a lot of times it's, it's not their, not that person's own goal. Yeah. What is your goal? Like, not what your parents say, not what your best friend says, not what your boyfriend says. Like, what is your goal? And be like super selfish about it. Like, put yourself at the top of the priority list, and like, what do I actually want to achieve? Like, yeah. not what Instagram says is successful. Like, what you say is successful. But it's really hard as well. Like, um, me and my ex partner, we were planning on going to Canada come March pre COVID, and we were going to go get our residency over there. Um, and we done a couple of seasons before and stuff and my mum always said and my grandpa was getting on board with this as well I was like as long as it's what you want to do like that's a really interesting thing to say to me guys um as if and they have said it's like that's not what you wanted to do and I'm like I'm pretty sure it is I'm I'm pretty sure I was brainwashed yeah I'm a sacrificer in a relationship for sure I'm the one that's like yes honey you do you you do you you do I'll be doing me in the background but if push came to shove I would absolutely bend over but I really think I like I I still think I kind of want to do it but I'm not too sure and now I'm just confused whether I was brainwashed or whether I you were brainwashed <laughs> okay, case closed. <laughs> or, or whether I actually wanted to go there, you know, or whether that was I think my. The, I think the hard part is like knowing exactly what you want to do and then also feeling bad if you don't know what you want to do. Like yeah. Feeling that pressure like at 22, 23, 25, whatever the age it is. Like I deal with some people in their 40s and they've still got no fucking idea what they want to do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's terrifying. actually satisfying. No, I find that very. <laughs> what's, what's your advice to clients that don't know what they want to do and they don't know what they want? Do you have any advice to kind of narrow it down or to figure it it's out? It's like obviously easier said than done, but like we spend our first like meeting, a couple of meetings together as like a goal planning session of like forget about where the money is or what your super's doing or anything like that. It's like let's just get super clear on your goals. Yeah. And like for people that have got no idea, like I always I found it interesting, like look through your Instagram feed, look through your YouTube search history, look through your Google history, look at what podcast you listen to. You start to get a pretty good sense, even if you're not fully aware. Like, you look back over that history over the last, like, six months of what you've been searching. Like, what do you spend your time doing if you're not at work? Yeah. Like, what are those things you would love to do if money was no object? Yeah. Again, sounds a bit woo-woo, like... But you start to look at those things, it's like, oh, actually, like, I'm super interested in that. (laughs) So, like, yeah, I've realised, like, from quite a young age, that travel is, like, my number one priority. So, like, for me, that's what success looks like, is being able to travel and freedom and that kind of thing. So I think I'm quite lucky that I've figured that out pretty early. But for people that don't, yeah, it's just trying to, I guess, yeah, look at the things that you're interested in and mm. not be pressured that if you don't know what you want to do, don't feel yeah. too bad. Yeah. So I think it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Well, I guess what would your advice be to someone who know, hi, knows what they want to do <laughs> but has no clue how to get there? Like where if if there's a blanket starting point for people, is there is there something the advice you would just give to someone that's like, well, if you start here, yeah, because she knows what she wants to do, but she feels stuck in work and feels like she can't get there because she's too busy working sixty Basically, hour weeks. Um, yeah, because like the money makes the world go round, and not interest money. Money, <laughs> you can you can make more money, but I can't make more time. If I could make more time, I'd be doing just fine. Yeah. But 
I have got myself in a position where I live part-time with her but like essentially live alone did until she moved in here you know I've got all of these you know my loan on my car was taken out when I was in a relationship and had a second income I've got the dog again decision to get him had a second income there's all these things have changed that now I need to make more money but I can't put the time into the other stuff I want to do because I'm too busy making money so it's like a constant pull between the two and generally sleep is what loses out. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. Do you so have I've, any I've, advice? I found it very interesting, like working with some clients that work an hourly wage mm-hmm. and there. So then you talk to like, when you talk about budgeting, there's two ways to get ahead financially. You can either spend less or earn more. Yeah. So for some people that they work an hourly wage and that's all they do, their only option is to spend less. Yeah. So we have to cut everything out. And that's when it starts getting to smashed over, cut out coffees, all that kind of stuff. So then you look at people that can earn more. So then it's a lot easier, to, a lot funner to earn more than to spend less. It's not easier, but it's a lot funner. Yeah. Mm. So then you start looking at ways like how can you earn more and how can you leverage not your time but your skills or mm-hmm. your technology to earn more. So I work with some clients where they earn a stupid amount of money and work like 20 hours a week. Yeah, and but other people like earn the same amount, but they work eighty hours a week. Yeah. So you're trying to look at like I think they call it like the J curve of like income versus expenses. It's like what are those overheads or like what's the time impact? How much time do you need to put into something to make that amount of money? Yeah. So like, no offense, working a bartender, like you're not gonna unless you get tips. Yeah. You don't earn any more. I used to. You're gonna earn your set wage. Yeah. So, whereas someone has like an online business. They could work the same time but earn triple of what you earn. Yeah. Mm. So it's just like how can you leverage technology or your skill or like value? Yeah. That's not time dependent. So there's no easy way out. I just got to keep hustling. Well, it's just trying to find something. Yeah, trying yeah. to find something that is not time dependent. Right. Sorry, well, that's something. that's what they say, isn't it? It's like no one working nine to five ever became rich. Do they say that? Yeah, I've, like I've heard, because I've heard the saying because I, you yeah. can't you can't become financially free when you trade your time for money like that because oh, you're often you like locked into the like yeah you're often yeah. you're locked into yeah. a certain amount of time yeah. and a certain amount of money for that time yeah because like you can you can be a nine to five and be earning two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or plus but you're then still capped at that in that yeah, role. Yeah. That yeah. Time. Yeah. yeah yeah so then so your only option is to spend less yeah yeah so it's, it's trying to find something which that's the hard part is something mm-hmm. that isn't you're not going to get paid hourly. Yeah. So, like, an online store is a prime example. Where, yeah. like, or an on, like, so online courses and things that, like, mm-hmm. like Tony Robbins, prime example. Like, he gets paid whatever those tickets are, something stupid. Yeah. To give one speech. Yeah. So the time he takes to give the speech to one person is the exact same amount of time it takes to give the speech to a million people. Yeah. Multiply yeah. skills. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, instead of doing one-on-one, like, I would get paid a lot more instead of doing one-on-one coaching or one-on-one PT sessions, prime example. Yeah. Someone's going to pay me $100 to be a PT for one hour. Or I can get a group of people to pay me $500 for an hour. Yeah. Interesting. So I've just 5X'd my rate. 5X'd. <laughs> uh, for the same amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's trying to find those gaps of how can I leverage my time. Earn more in, less, in the same amount yeah. of time. Or like you create an online store. How long does it take you to do that? Yeah, a bit of time up front. Like I know the buzzword is like passive income and all that mm. kind of stuff. Mm. It's like, well, a lot of time up front it takes you to get to that point. Yeah. But if you can find something like that where you, yeah, your time is 
doesn't matter how much time you put into it, you still get paid the same. What do you find is really working at the moment with a lot of your younger clients? Like what are the side hustles that they're all like business-wise? Like what fields are we talking? What's working this post-COVID kind of Not environment? Not high. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's like obviously the traditional ones of like literally getting a second job as like a bartender or like driving for Uber or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think online stores are really interesting mm-hmm. where they've either created like like digital products. So you create an ebook or create an online course. Those are like just crazy. There's yeah. Instagram presets, I reckon that's so freaking smart. Yeah, that's a massive one actually. Yeah. Because like it takes you what? You probably pay someone else to do it. <laughs> like first yeah. of all, takes you what? 20 seconds to play with some things and then yeah. sell it for 16 bucks a hit and you're yeah. sold. Mm. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with, with Instagram is a lot of people like, so I do a bit of work with some like, I guess you call it influencers. Mm. Um, and everyone's like, well, they just got paid like two grand to do one post. Us sit there, like, I'm not sure what your followings are like, but like, I'm not getting paid two grand to post. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that like the everyday person sits there and goes, holy shit, like, it takes me two minutes to post a photo and they just got paid two grand to do the exact same thing. Like, yeah. That's bullshit. Like, they're fake. Like, all that's like, all that <laughs> most people say they're influence, like influencers. But it's like, well, no, they, it's taken them four years of work to get to that point where they get to charge two grand per post. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, we had Freya, who's a, she does OnlyFans on the last episode and she was basically saying the same thing. She was like, yeah, I get paid to take these photos and stuff but it takes longer than people think yeah. it does. People think she just, you know, sits in front of a camera and spreads her legs and she's good to go. But, yeah. you know, it took her X amount of time to build up the following, X amount of, you know, she has to respond to 80 to 100 messages a day. Yeah. Like it's it becomes a full-time kind of gig. And she, well, she's also got the hazard pay, I guess, for lack of a better word, <laughs> on top of that as well. Nice. Hazard pay. Hazard pay of like yeah. <laughs> any yeah. one of these men could find you and kill you um but yeah like you don't realize we don't talk about that that they're putting so much time and effort because i can't be fucked yeah well i had like so went overseas went to japan last year and some of my friends were there who are influencers they photographers Mm -hmm. and so we me and partner were there on holiday and we went caught up with them like spent the day with them and they're like what have you been doing today like we've been on holiday like exploring what have you been doing they're like we've been working it looks like we're doing the exact same thing, but they've been literally working for the last 12 hours. Yeah. We went home to bed. They went home and had to edit for the next six hours to get the posts up the next day. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So it's like we were both there from the outside on holiday. Yeah. They were working. We were well, on holiday. And it's like everyone looks at it and it's like, oh, they're just on holiday. They just travel all the time. Like, yeah. No, they're fucking working. Like, yeah, even just like the podcast Instagram, like I didn't realise how much time would go into that. Yeah. Even just to – build it and be constantly replying to people and constantly like you know following people back and keeping that engagement up and posting and like I said to you the other day we need to take more photos because I'm out of content honey like (laughs) I got I'm memes I'm all memes at this point so you you get into that point where it's like you know you wake up in the morning and the last thing I want to do is put on a full face of makeup on my day off and start taking photos for Instagram but realistically that's what the kind of doing. thing you need to be doing. Yeah. That's your, your little side hustle thing, right? It's yeah. if you want to break out of the bubble, you got to do – what is it? If you want to be the 1%, you need to do what 99% You're of the other people aren't Tony, doing. Tony Robbins quotes yeah. I am, man. I'm so about this but shit, all right? You, like, you said something interesting before, like having a – you're talking about the car loan or the bike loan. Mm. It's, like, yeah. it's normal. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting thing of like 
what's the normal? Like, what's the norm? Like, the norm is being in debt, working nine to five, yeah, and going on holiday once a year. It sounds fucking terrifying. Tell me about it. That's but my that, biggest fear. But that's like that's normal. It's like, oh, you got debt. Oh, everyone has debt. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah four weeks off a year. Yeah, that's normal. Sweet. So it's yeah. like looking at what that normal is. Yeah. And it's like if you do something different, like if you tell someone that you're a vegan, like but now I guess it's a bit more accepted. But I tell people I'm gluten free, and they like look at me like I've got a second head. So yeah, yeah I get it. I like I find it interesting. Like if you just say to someone like oh, I'm vegan, it's like I'm not saying that you need to be vegan. I'm just telling you that I am. But it's like everyone goes, holy shit! Like you're a vegan. Yeah. Like I'm not a vegan, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like you tell someone you're not in debt and you've got hundred grand in the bank. It's like that's not normal. Yeah. For people like our age. Yeah. So everyone's gonna look at you and go, "Fuck you! You earned, like you inherited it. Like mm-hmm. you did something wrong. You're like dodgy." It's like no, it's just I'm good different. with my money. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I always find that really interesting. It's like, what is the normal? Like, what's the norm? And what is normal probably shouldn't be normal. Yeah. Either, as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, buying a house, having kids, getting mm. married. Those are the things that are considered normal. And I feel like it really is just like capitalism weighing us down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> love that she comes in with these fucking hard hitters <laughs> <laughs> like, you know we're talking about this black mirror thing yeah. but Ooh. patriot but like it no there are bigger problems here and i'm not yeah. gonna get into that right now but yeah it is it's well, like like yeah. you said interest makes work around yeah yeah it's like the banks you down if you ever look at what banks make per year they make a fuck a lot of money yeah yeah, yeah. and a lot of that is interest on mm-hmm. loans and credit cards and yeah even though it could be just six hundred dollars eight hundred dollars like it's all those little ones that Mm. keep yeah. you working the shitty job to pay back the debt yeah that's what i find where people get trapped where they go through the normal life of go to school go to uni get a good job get married have kids die all these, <laughs> <laughs> all these expenses just start adding 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 so then yeah. for them to take that leap that's why i think a lot of younger people generally like are more starting businesses mm-hmm. generally speaking because they don't have those expenses well that's what we've said we've said that it's better off we're better off starting a business now when we we have time to recover yeah 100%. if it falls if it all yeah. falls to shit we'll bounce back because yeah. we're malleable still whereas you know 10 years time when you've got and i've said this to you about your house like you want to piss off overseas for three months you still gotta pay for that house like it's mm. still there you know you want to piss off overseas and you've got a kid and you're like eh, what do i do with that thing you know like i have a dog i have to take that yeah. into consideration so that's like Theo is a prime example. I have to take him into consideration whenever I do anything. Yeah. yeah. So you start bringing kids and mortgages and all that kind of stuff into it. Like, yeah, okay, I have to pay what sixty bucks a month on his dog food, but that's a base level example yeah. of what people are getting themselves into. Whereas now we have relatively no nothing to no responsibilities, nothing that we have to do. Yeah. So you may as well start those businesses. So I totally get it. Yeah, and I think it's a can be a deadly trap when you have no expenses or have no responsibilities mm. yeah. to then go the complete other way and go, fuck it, like, what am I saving for? Back to that thing of like nothing to save for. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. And just and blow all your money each week because you have no responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you can take, like, again, without sounding like, sounding like an adult, if you can take, like, take that advantage, take, get ahead at that point, it's like you're going to set yourself up. For the future when yeah. you need to not, yeah. Do you have any, like, what's one piece of really good advice you have that you usually give a lot of your clients just when it when they start their kind of financial journey and they're looking to be more financially responsible and stuff the uh, coming back to that same one i said before being super clear on what you want to achieve and yeah like understanding 100 percent what you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it mm. 
I think that solves a lot of problems. Like, it's not a financial answer, but I think it solves a lot of problems. Yeah. Because so many people just cruise through, buy a car to impress their girlfriend, buy a house or have kids to save the relationship, which is fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Terrifying. That's fucking terrifying. terrifying. Um, buy the expensive ring, like, all those things to impress others. That I think that, like, coming back, I'm sure you'll know it, the quotes of, like, <laughs> buying things to, buying things to impress people that you don't like. Yeah, yeah. Money you don't have. Yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. That type of thing. I think that's super true. Like mm-hmm. and I'm sure social media is like just exacerbated that like a hundredfold because you see people doing awesome things, usually on credit. Yeah. It's like, oh I'm I need to do that or I'm not doing that, so I feel unsuccessful. So I need yeah. to buy a car to look better. Or I need to go out to that fancy restaurant or go to rickshaws or well, it's even just like they have the time to do that and I'm working all week. Yeah. Like, and then you feel, I know, I every week I feel like I should be taking more time off to go and do those fun things that make me look like I'm fun. But realistically, I probably don't need to be doing those yeah, But, like, who are you trying to impress, you know? Yeah, as, yeah. Long as, as long as I go to the gym and I, you know, keep myself healthy and whatever, like, I'm perfectly happy sometimes, maybe, yeah. a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, knowing exactly what you want to achieve and why and being aware of how much you spend. Yeah. Yeah, you know I'm probably going to have to figure that out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my, seriously, my ConBank app literally tells me, it's mm. like, oh, you've spent X amount of dollars this month on entertainment. I'm like, yeah. I don't want yeah, it. I have fuck you, ConBank. Yeah. yeah, fuck you. <laughs> what do you think this is? I don't want to know this shit. Well, mine does an even better one where, like, because I'm A and Z, it'll tell me it's got my, like, my bank accounts, my loan or whatever, and then it's like, you have minus this amount of dollars. Like, I have money in stock, so I'm not actually in minuses. Yeah. But, like, it's like, yeah, you have minus $4,000. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. You didn't need to tell me that. Like, I was fully aware of the fact that I have debt to my name. But mo- the, 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 most people aren't. Like, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Like, we, we sit down with people and we go, right, what do you want to achieve, number one? And then where are you right now? Yeah. And that and takes... like, no idea. No idea. But yeah. no, that X, like, got a credit card they didn't know about. Like, literally had someone the other day that had a $6,000 credit card that they didn't know about. Just I forgot don't about. understand that. I don't understand how. Like, I know what my hex debt's at. I have two degrees, and I still know how, how much money I've spent on I had, my hex. I had this conversation literally an hour ago before I came here. I messaged a client. I said, "Do you realize you got thirty-two grand in hex?" I'm like, oh shit, I thought it was twenty-two. <laughs> Mine's like upwards of sixty. Yeah, I feel that. My theory is it'll pay for itself eventually. Theoretically speaking. Theoretically speaking. Theoretically. I have a master's in business. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. But yeah, being be aware of what you spend sounds super boring, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. All right, I have one doozy for you. So... Buy it. And then we'll... Buy it? Yep. No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's good debt. Buy it. <laughs> um, no, okay. So we were talking off mic about this before how i've been divorced but i've never been married and the reason i say that context please yeah the reason i say that is because when we split up it cost me a shitload of money to split us well shitload of money for 21 but it cost me a lot of money to split up so in terms of i just for curiosity's sake Mm -hmm. in terms of a de facto relationship do you think there's any merit in having some sort of like prenup situation kind of thing because that it cost me money and we were pretty amicable amicable about it it was kind of well i didn't his parents threatened to take me to court i didn't want to do that can we go in like can we go into context of like yeah so what happened he um basically what had happened this was the one who supported me through the end of my uni degree yep i graduated in the december 
the first week of February, he decided, don't want to do this anymore. Um, we had just gone on a holiday for our anniversary, like dropped some big bucks, and he had just bought a $15,000 car outright Excellent. with joint savings. So this is another question here. Nice. <laughs> I was stupid. Um, yeah, so he had just basically spent all of our savings on that joint thing, but supported me through uni. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, how do we how do we draw this down the middle? And what ended up happening was we came to an agreement that yeah. we took my car off his car. So like what we'd paid on my car off his car. It ended up being that all of our savings was what he then paid on the car. He kept the car. I took the money. Pretty much that was it. But it still overall yeah. cost me about, I think we said four and a half grand in the end yeah. with brake leases and all that kind of stuff. How the hell do you protect yourself in that situation without doing the obvious dumb things that happened in that scenario? How long were you together? Uh, three years. Yeah. Not uncommon. Yeah. Definitely not the only person to go through that. Yeah. But very interesting at 21. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, so there is, like, they call it a binding financial agreement in mm-hmm. Australia, which is a defa- like a, what do you call it, prenup in, in America. Yeah. Um, they're pretty complex, and the only time you they really are needed in is when it's unequal to start off with. Yep. So the hard bit is like when you come into a relationship and everything's unequal, and then you build up whatever savings or debt or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you split up. There's not much you can really do to protect that yeah. side of it, but it's when you come into a relationship. So it's always when things are unequal, then it's you need to like again you don't hope that you're gonna break up, mm. but you got to kind of protect yourself. Yeah. And without sounding sexist, like females generally usually get the bad end of the bargain in relationship breakdowns, yeah. historically speaking. Yeah. Um, so it's like if you can protect yourself when this unequal. So like in your case, it was unequal. Like he was earning more. Mm-hmm. He was coming into it. I was earning more though. Yeah, right. So it gets like a whole lot of weird. Yeah. Because he was barely working when we first started. It's dating. like sounds super like unsexy and stuff, but it's like if you can document where possible, yeah. like within reason, mm. it's going to be better off. Yeah. So it's like if you can document to say, okay, hey, I don't know, it's, it's a hard one, but it's like, hey, like I'm paying for this, you're paying for this, or yeah. I'm supporting you through this time. Like if there's some sort of documentation or like some sort of like agreement that you can come back to and say, this is what we agreed to, like barring before you start a relationship, hey, this is what's going to happen, yeah. here's the rules, if we break up, here's what like that never like really going to happen unless like someone's super wealthy and the other person's not yeah but probably should though <laughs> yeah like realistically like if you wanted to do that you probably won't get into many relationships if you start the relationship Maybe like this is why like, i'm single like that um, <laughs> but yeah having some sort of agreement in place where like especially if it's a car or like mm. something big like yeah. if you're talking about hey we're going for dinner and you pay for it and i didn't like you're not going to write that down yeah but if you're talking about buying a car together Anytime there's like some big purchase, however you want to define big purchase or like financial institution involved, like a yeah. bank or a loan, there needs to be some sort of written agreement. Yeah. Like, hey, we're taking out in joint names. Here's what's going to happen if we break up. Like, yeah. what's a reasonable amount? So then you can document that. So yeah. like a binding financial agreement is that on steroids, like with lawyers and shit involved. It gets super complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other way can kind of hold up in court. Yeah. Like, or there's yeah. just some sort of agreement that you can come back to and like when we were happy... <laughs> yeah. And in a relationship, we <laughs> and said... And amicable, yeah. Obviously, if people are cheating and stuff, it makes it a bit different. But 
yeah, like having something in place to say, this is what we agreed to. Mm-hmm. When I said, I'm going to spend the next four years at uni and you're going to support me financially, probably need to write that down somewhere or like come yeah. to some sort of agreement. So you recommend you have to write it down. It's kind of the... Is it the same as like like I've done contract law at uni and stuff and how it's like the intention. As long as the yeah. intention is there yeah. and there's something written, it doesn't have to necessarily be on a lawyer's letterhead. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as long as the intention's there and it's... Two people. What is it a reasonable person yeah, would assume two, that two, two people, people made an agreement yeah. when they were sane and like... And happy. Yeah. <laughs> and happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think leading on from that, starts to lend like which I think we're going is bank accounts yeah. and like joining things together. That was a stupid move. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> a dumb move. <laughs> yeah. You have a joint account with me, bitch. Shut up. Yeah, she sucks people in, man. <laughs> this is what this is. This is what no, this is. Our joint account is smart. Yeah. There's actually nothing in it. But yeah. So that yeah. Wasn't done very well. Yeah. So that's a really like difficult one. So me and partner have been together for almost ten years. We have a one joint bills account. Yeah. one joint savings account right. whereas we keep everything else separate mm-hmm. yeah and for not for a lot of people but i find like until you're at that point in the relationship where it's like okay this is probably going to be forever then we can start talking about joining bank accounts yeah up until that point i think it's and i actually put a poll up on that and majority was saying split separate yeah. accounts so i think it's separate for your kind of bulk stuff and then like the way we do it is rent groceries and like joint entertainment we put into a stuff that's yeah put into account and then we have I like, like that that's a, pretty a joint savings mm. account for holidays yeah so basically what what happened with ours and i've only only found this out after um we split up is i was doing that he was just gutting it with his whole paycheck so i didn't realize that his whole paycheck was going because we had the joint savings and the joint bills account and that's what it was in my head yeah. and that's you know i did my whole budget thing and i was like put this much amount and blah 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 I thought that was what was happening. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, I was putting my whole paycheck in there. And I'm like, sorry, (laughs) what? (laughs) What do you mean you were doing that? Because he'd start like tapping away on the joint card. And I'm like, what are you doing? But definitely if I was to do it again, first of all, probably wait a little bit longer to do it. Because it was, the intention was to make rent easier and all that kind of stuff. Um, But then, yeah, it got to the point where I'd get neurotic because he'd be tapping away on the the joint account because I thought that was the bills account. But he was under the impression of it was just the money money so account. Communication is also yeah. key. So no, we, I think it was his listening skills. I'm very good at talking. <laughs> so we call it like the relationship saver, where yeah. we give we have a joint like sort of even married couples. It's like have one joint account for the bills, like groceries and all that kind of couple stuff, and then each have a spending account. Yeah. So you like again using you two in a relationship, you get two hundred dollars a week. You get two hundred dollars a week. No questions asked. Do whatever the fuck you want with Do it. Do whatever you want with Buy it. Buy clothes, gamble, drugs, whatever. Ideally not, but you know what I mean? Like spend whatever you want. No questions asked. And you can't then turn around to that other person and tell them how to spend their money. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever gets spent out of those accounts, no arguments. Yeah. If you're spending your own money for your own personal use out of the joint account, then that's when. I guess it's just like, like you would just look at it how we live. Like we live in the same account. We both split rent and mm-hmm. let's live in the same account. In yeah. the same house, we split rent, that kind of stuff. But I don't give a shit how you spend your money. That's your money, bro. You do whatever you Yeah, do. it's because we're not together. Just, <laughs> just, no, but it's just that. But more yeah. extreme, like housemates can manage it. Yeah. yeah. So why can't people in relationships take the same because approach? feelings get involved. Sex yeah. gets involved. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely if you're new in a relationship, 
keep things separate. <laughs> don't do it. Don't, don't do what Emily's done. Don't do what Emily does. Just in general. <laughs> don't take any of my advice. Yeah, anything on the podcast it's, she's done, just don't do it ever. Yeah. I do, I do think so other people don't have to. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so you learn the from others' pig. mistakes. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like you can start to see about all these conversations, like how complex money is yeah. mm-hmm. when you get into a relationship. When did you get into financial planning? My dad was a financial planner. Yep. And so I saw the kind of relationship he had with his clients. Mm-hmm. And we got a kind, of, kind of got the same like helping nature. Like I saw him help a lot of people, so I quite like that. But same thing when I was getting into it, I was thinking I'll do this as my safety net and I'll do it when I'm way older. And, and have fun when I'm young. And Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't super interested. And then I got out of uni, started working just kind of part-time jobs. And I was like, oh, probably need to start earning some money. <laughs> and I found the job and then, yeah, like loved it and kind of really enjoyed it. That's cool. So. Yeah, wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I don't know. Do you have any more questions? We have definitely blown over. Well, yeah, it's all right. The people will listen. <laughs> um, okay. Did you put this poll up, the What Costs More poll? No. No. Okay. I'm just, I just want to ask this question. We can just ask all three of us, right? Well, you've been in a relationship for a million years, so you're not yep. going to be able to answer this. Do you find, Stephanie? Yes. Well, you can weigh in. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> permission granted. What costs more, being single, dating, like actively dating, or being in a relationship long term? Oh, I would say dating. Yeah, probably, because you're always going out, you're always doing things because you're not always want going to want to come home kind of thing. I don't know. I haven't actively dated in a very long time and I don't plan on it ever again um <laughs> tainted <laughs> but but no i'd say dating i would say what i see with clients i'd say dating yeah yeah interesting well i i don't date very well like i try and actively date and it doesn't end up well so but i'm not spending a whole lot of money being single yeah i'm yeah. curious to know like single young like mm-hmm. what is dating like still a thing of like Dude, I'm the wrong person. Actually, actually going out like on multiple dates, or is it more like? Well, my thing is, I just hook up dinner and breakfast. Yeah. yeah, see, I don't have time, so a lot of a lot of it for me is like you just have the conversation, cut the bullshit, and you're like, uh, do I want to see this? Because it's all it's all in this thing, yeah, like, all in my that's phone. What that's what I'm curious to know. It's either like Instagram DM slides, or like the last person I met out like in the real world that I dated, I worked with him and that was a yeah. horrible decision. Um, but yeah, it's like, I guess, I don't know, I don't do, and I'm not a, I'm not a second date person, like unless I've predetermined that they do <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Who's paying for breakfast? Is yeah. all on the first date? Yeah, I'm a, generally don't get past the first date unless I know that. Is that what you ask on the first date? You're like, are you an eggs and Benny kind what of person or breakfast? scrambled or? <laughs> and if they're like, I don't eat breakfast, I'm like, even better. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't actually know. I'm the wrong person to ask. Like I have been single for almost two years minus that blip of a human that I dated that was a bad person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have no idea. And then before that I was mm. 18. Like I'm, um, cut this all this stuff out whether no, it's, it's relevant right. or not to the podcast but i'm Keep curious talking. to know like because you're from where were you from brisbane or? uh yeah yeah well same brisbane for arguments adelaide. adelaide yeah i'm curious to know what people think of the gold coast because like I, I was born in south africa but came here really young so i've grown yeah. up like lived a bit of time in sydney lived in brisbane for a bit but the majority of the time lived on the gold coast yeah i'm always interested to know about people that aren't from the gold coast what they think about dating on the gold coast dating 
Like guys, like I feel like we get Gold Coast gets a super bad rap. Mm. Um, probably accurately so. <laughs> yeah. Um, From well, I'm the only active dater in the room, but my experience has been like, well, I got ghosted, stood up four times in ten days. Like that's the kind of guys we're dealing with. Like you just, you know, no one's interested in relationship. Everyone's happy. Part there's a massive party culture. Mm. Everyone's happy doing that. Like yeah, Kenza for the boys. Like that yeah. kind of culture is definitely around down here. From what I found, in comparison to Brisbane, where a lot of people I knew up there, like lots of people I know in Brisbane are all in relationships. Most of the people I know down here are single. Yeah. Because everyone's yeah. kind of happier single down here. It is. It's like typical Gold Coast. Like I, I moved up here in the relationship. So I haven't dated here either. But like most of the men that I've met or the women that I've met are just typical Gold Coast. Explain to me what typical Gold Coast is because I like, um, like halfway it, between here and Brisbane. So Like dropped 10 grand on their face. Yeah, I'm not that person. Often. I'm you know, like, person. you know, I've had my lips done. I get a bit of Botox done. But you know what I mean when it's just so over the top and – everything Gold Coast. And I don't know. I always find there's like a massive stigma around the people that are here as well. Yeah, I think that's what I'm curious to know because yeah. I find it really – like I'm super observant. Like go to like Belly Pavilion and stuff and like you sit there and like I like just observing and seeing – People watching. Like yeah, yeah, people watching. And like obviously from a financial standpoint, like I see people's bank accounts on a weekly basis. So I know what people are spending money on. Yeah. And it's like trying to put the two and two together. It's like very interesting. Yeah, I do really need – I've noticed I spend more money – now that I'm single here, actually not I, even yeah. dating, but now that I'm single and going out more, yeah, I spend a lot money, a lot more money since I moved here. I also used to work at the casino, so there was like the drinking culture yeah. was astronomical. However, I have noticed now that I've had another job since the casino that the casino wasn't the problem. It's just the people. Yeah, um, it's just a massive like drinking going out, and it's probably driven by that influencer culture because we have a massive culture of that here. So it's probably driven a bit by the you've got to put put the front up. Like it's all about your highlight reel rather than your actual life. Whereas in – I found when I lived in Brisbane, nobody really gave a shit what you were doing with your time off. Yeah. Whereas down here it's like if you're not drinking at Burley Pav, like if you don't put a if, – if you don't have a Burley Pav photo on your Instagram, you, you're immediately cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like everyone's got one. Yeah. And with that comes the additional spending. That yeah. Goes yeah. with that, the cocktails and the – Spending money to look like you're playing the ball. Yeah, like you're playing the game for an aesthetic, which is costing you money, which is not really getting you anywhere unless you are the 1% that gets a massive following out of it. And even then, I don't know how they're doing that. (laughs) If I knew, I'd be doing it. We're trying. We'll see how we go. Maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But, um, But, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other questions about anything? Comments, questions? Yeah, you can pick our brains. That's fine. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to know, like you were saying before, like with debt mm-hmm. and stuff, like that is normal. Like, do you find most of your friends are in um, debt? Hex debts for sure. Yeah. Um, mm. one of my well, two of my closest friends have hex debts upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, both of them are in the medical field though, so it's kind of expected. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess the expectation of having a hex debt is completely normal. Um, I, I'd say most of our friends that I know have credit cards that they actively yeah. use. I don't have a credit card and people find that weird. Yeah. Um, car for sure. Car Everyone loan. bats an eyelid at my car loan. Well, I, I definitely got suckered in with the credit card thing. I thought it was kind of like a rite of passage. Yeah. 
And not for everyday stuff. Like I'd always put big things on it. So I'd put like flights on it and I'd pay it off later kind of thing. It's a non it's an interest-free period credit card. So I justified a little bit that way. But I felt like it was a rite of passage and I needed like that good credit rating for later on. And yeah. Well, yeah. even something as simple as afterpay. I think afterpay is a default. It's a gateway drug. Yeah, it's a gateway <laughs> Exactly. It's a gateway drug. It's, it's a fucking gateway drug. it's a default. I, yeah. I think people are incapable of actually paying for something now. They're just like, afterpay, afterpay, afterpay. Let's so I, I've done a couple of interviews like with like newspapers and stuff about afterpays. It's obviously pretty topical. Yeah. And I say the same thing to everyone. It's like financially, it's not that bad. But it's the mindset behind if it. If you're smart. Yeah. yeah. It's the mindset behind it that I hate because it's – if you tell someone from like – I don't know what the age limit is, like 16, 18 to get after pay. Should be 18. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't even know you could. Yeah. But wow. it's like if you go from 18 years old, never actually having to save for anything. Yeah. You want new clothes, bang, like Princess Polly or ASOS, whatever. It's yeah. like on your doorstep next day. You haven't had to actually save for it. Yeah. You go from that, you get a car, on a new car, done. Like, yeah. don't have to save for it. You want to go on holiday, after pay, credit card, whatever, done. Yeah. And then you tell someone at 25, like, oh, I want to buy a house. Oh, cool, you have to wait four years to save for a house. They're like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I don't know how. I've just gone for the last six years and never having to save for anything because I can have it instant gratification, bang, bang, bang. bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, now that you say that, like, I remember as a kid, like, I wanted an iPod and my dad made me save yeah. half of it and the other half I got for my birthday or whatever. Yeah. I have much younger siblings. I don't think my little sister is safe for anything life yeah because it's too easy it's like she on a base level she's 14 but she will get the thing pay like buy the thing on afterpay or whatever or whatever mm. and then she'll be like okay mom and dad what do i have to do to earn this yeah rather than earn it and the other way around. yeah she does it yeah. the other way around like both my brother and my sister i think are a lot like that yeah yeah which is i think that's just a shift in mentality in society really i always find interesting the i'm not sure if you do online shopping or not but they're excitement levels from when you buy something from when you first get it mm. yeah. to then what, how you feel about it like two days later or a week later yeah so it's like you buy a new dress you feel good like feel like happy and then two days later it's like i've got nothing to wear yeah yeah or it's like you buy a new car you're like stoked for like maybe three months and then yeah. it's like oh it's just another car yeah well that's kind it's of like well, i've had my car for three years but that's where i'm at now i'm like yeah, yeah okay when's the next one coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> i need a better one um, yeah. So you start to see those things as like if you'd save for it, like a holiday is a prime example of like if you've just, just put it on after pay, I don't think you're going to get much, as much excitement as if you'd save for 12 months to go on a holiday. Yeah. Like you're going to cherish that holiday a lot more than having to worry, oh, I'll just pay it off when I get home. Mm. Then you get back and you're depressed about being home on holiday and having to pay And you have to pay off 10 grand. Yeah. Like that rat race kind of just goes from there. Don't even drop the term rat race, man. <laughs> and now you're just going to get sad about your rats? No. Okay. Not at all. I'm going to get s- that fucking rat. Jesus. Oh, no. no. Okay, so we need to <laughs> Oh, yeah. man. We need co- I don't think we've even well, told this. Some like, no. philosophical thing coming about rat race. No, no, no. no. Well, there was. That's where I was. I'm like, don't even get me started on the rat race. That is, that is life. Like, we're all cogs in the machine. Just don't... <laughs> I actually well, talk about rats. The, yeah, yeah. The context. I don't think we've even said this on the podcast. No, I think it was the last episode. So I had a couple of rats as pets up until she's strange. Don't worry, Poe and Oscar. All right, they were beautiful and they were amazing. It was supposed to be Edgar, but no one told her it was Edgar Allan Poe. No, I just didn't like Edgar. In fact, we've had this conversation. <laughs> um, no, so I had two rats. Had to sell them because I moved in here. Um, you thought the dog might eat them, basically. And then the other day we went away for two weeks and I've come back and a rat has chewed through all the wiring in my car. Ooh. 
Yeah. Not your rat. Another rat. Another rat. Another rat. Like I was or the her rat. rat in the body of another rat. I was the rat queen, all right? And I'm just a little upset that they've come back to haunt me. But I take gratification knowing that that rat's never going to see its family again because it's now at the car shop. <laughs> because it was still in the you car. Sadistic fuck. <laughs> like, we got the car towed because it stopped on the side of the road and it wouldn't start again. Got it towed and as we were at the car shop, the rat had come up onto the, like, the window thing. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a fucking rat in my car. Were you dri- it- driving and it came up? No, no, like we, it, it had, had been, been driving it, yeah. it was towed when it stopped and yeah, I was filling out the paperwork and this thing had like come onto the shoulder and it was staring at me through the window like it fucking knew what it did. And, and yeah, and it had chewed through all of my earth wires in my car and I spent a ridiculous amount of money having to fix it. It's still kind of funny though. <laughs> so rats, all right? Like, don't have rats as pets. So that's I'm <laughs> just salty that I... The word rat is banned. Yeah, they're the... Oh, next. <laughs> Very salty on just the whole there experience. There is an ex. I think you've done. You've done the. We're gonna. We're gonna leave it there. We're gonna close that off. On the rat story. Probably. I mean, yeah. is there anything else anyone has to say? I'm just very glad it's never seeing its family again. Like it, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's out in the tree. The whole family's out there. It can fucking hear me. It's dad's gone. Like, <laughs> there's a whole other conversation there. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking, otherwise you might die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear. But yes, thank That's you for aside. Anything else? I'm sure we could keep going for days. Hours, days. On this That's right. Probably, Between probably. Us, we've got two podcasts. We'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have you back sometime. Sounds yeah. Good. Or vice versa. Plug your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So search the Young Money Podcast. It is changing names soon, but if you search it now, you'll find it. Young yep. Money Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, all the usual yes. stories. Um, and then if you want to know more about me, you can head to rossmaray.com website. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Everything on or if you need a financial planner, because after this conversation, I'm like, I might just hire him. We yeah. need a financial planner. Yeah, <laughs> we do need it. Okay, are you tax deductible? Our, without well, being super technical, our ongoing fees are so interesting. Charge like if you think of a personal trainer context, mm-hmm. you pay a personal trainer upfront for a fitness plan and diet plan. Yeah, yeah. But then you'd pay for a hourly session each week. Yeah, that is hourly sessions each week would be tax deductible. Interesting. Upfront is not is not. Right, Gen- like this. Generally speaking. Yeah, interesting. You're, well, you're just making business moves yeah. on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Instagram, and you can follow the links. And, and everything's on your Instagram. Hey, your yep. business, everything's all there. Yep. Amazing, excellent. Moray has an S on the end. It does, but it's silent. Yeah, is it French? It is. Well See, I'm smart. Look at me. <laughs> Look at those face. degrees and diplomas. Look at them at work. <laughs> Look at those degrees. I'm a bartender. <laughs> but I know when something's French. I don't even have a degree in anything that could possibly be French. I should be wearing my moustache right now. No, you shouldn't. She has it. She's got a bull piercing in her nose and she's got a moustache. Pi- it's not. No one needs to know about it. Nice. Anyway, that's mm. an hour and a half of rambling. So we probably should wrap this up. We should wrap it up. So thank you very much for joining us. Go and follow Ross on Instagram. Follow us at OK But Serious mm-hmm. the podcast. And yeah, let us know what you thought about the episode. Any what did we what did we shout out for? We want same sex couples. We want to know mm. who pays for the first date. Yeah, actually. Yep. 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 Complete and side topic and probably might extend it a bit, but I'm always so curious to know in a same sex couple when the baby's involved. Yeah. Who they to decide who carries the baby. I, I think it totally depends on the couple because, again, you've got like that. I thought that. I, th- I had a, there was the same set of couple I knew and I thought the one person was the more manlier 
person in the couple. Yeah. And the other person, and they had the baby, not the other person. Yeah, right. Well, my insides wouldn't work, don't work. So if I had it, was in a same-sex couple, the other person would All I'm saying is maybe it's a sign that you... a very feminine person. Maybe you should become a lesbian so you can have We've kids without... We've had this conversation. Stop trying to hit on me, Steph. <laughs> we have not had that conversation. The same-sex couples <laughs> and their money. We want to know about your money. We want we not. We want to know about lots of things. Let's just get a same-sex couple on the podcast. I that would solve a lot of problems. That would solve a lot of problems. You can just bang out all these questions that we've accumulated over many podcasts. Bang out, bang out. that was your choice of phrase. Really? You're really? going to pick on me for that? Yeah. We're like 13 episodes deep. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and on that note, thank you everyone for listening. Yes, thank you. Bye. I hope face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. Hey, but it's a mentality. Like, I was a fuckboy and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past? <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like, I've got the breakfast at 12 o'clock and there's no... But sometimes I put, like, an emoji next to it. 